the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Sass. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. We love Reese Witherspoon, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Wild. This movie was released in 2014, and you can rent it on Amazon Prime. Reese Witherspoon plays a character named Cheryl, who sets out to face her past and find herself again by hiking the Pacific Crest Trail alone. From here on out, this is your spoiler alert. This is probably one of Reese's most well-known movies, and definitely recommend you give it a watch. Yeah, totally. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Green Goods. Green Goods is a woman-owned small business where our friend Katie handmakes eco-friendly body and home care products. You can find clean dish soaps, hand soaps, room sprays, and more. I have the exfoliating soap pouch, which is like this natural loofah that has bits and pieces of different types of soap in it, and I love it. It smells and feels so good. Mm. You can check out Green Goods on Instagram at green.goods.handmade or on Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash greengoodshandmade. This episode is also brought to you by Bryn Bands, another woman-owned small business that handmakes adorable and affordable hair accessories. We both have an obscene amount of these items. <laughs> so many. I love the headbands with the bows on them. They're so cute. And I am just, I'm so glad that scrunchies have made a comeback because my drawer runneth over with them. And yes. mostly from bands. <laughs> we'll be sure to post what we've gotten on Instagram. You can follow them on Insta at Brynbands, and that's B-R-Y-N-N. And shop for items at etsy.com slash shop slash Brynbands. Be sure to use code GIRLCRUSH10 for 10% off. So jumping into the plot of Wild, we gave this a high, high, high score. 9.5 out of 10. Mm. So good. The movie opens with Cheryl, Reese, on the peak of a mountain with bloody toes from hiking. She tears off this hanging toenail. No, 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 no. And then her boot falls down the mountainside, and she angrily tosses the other one off and, like, screams F you. Opening. Just throws just you right in. So many feelings. <laughs> Ugh. Also, fun fact, a guy from Washington, where this was filmed, found this boot <laughs> that she froze <laughs> while he was hiking in 2015, and it's displayed in his living room now. He hopes to have it signed by race one day. <laughs> I hope That's he gets pretty- that. That's hilarious. Me too. Don't you ever wonder when you're driving down the road and there's just like a random shoe on the side of the road? I'm like, how does that happen? Now, every single time I'm going to think of this movie and I'm going to be like, yeah, right. this is probably from a movie. Yep. <laughs> just pick up all the shoes just in case yep. someone's going to sign them for you. <laughs> also, like, how does he even know for sure it's hers? That's hilarious. <laughs> That's a good question. Maybe it's not. Uh, so that opening scene really throws you into the middle of her journey. But then we flash back to the start of her journey where she's being dropped off, checking into a motel, getting ready for this hike. It's 1995. She's hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. Another fun fact here, in the movie, the real Cheryl Strayed, this is based off a true story, has a, a little cameo, and she's actually the one to drop her off at the motel, which is kind of cool. Mm. Also, for people who don't know what the Pacific Crest Trail is, 
It's also nicknamed the PCT, and it kind of goes south to north or north to south, like the entire west coast of the United States. Yes. So I think it's like a thousand or just over a thousand miles. Mm-hmm. It goes through lots of different geographies. Obviously, it's an extremely difficult hike. Right. I don't, right. I don't even think you can call it a hike. It's a, it's a, it's yeah, a, it's a journey. A, it's a journey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So we learn that Cheryl is planning a 1,000-mile hike over the course of three months. She packs all of this brand new equipment into her backpack, which she can barely lift off the ground. She seems so unprepared for this trip. Like, people who are setting out doing the Pacific Crest Trail or the Appalachian Trail, like, you're supposed to train actually carrying your heavy pack. Yes. And it seems like she's just unaware of how heavy it was going to be. Like, she researched, she bought the right equipment, but, like, she didn't actually train ahead of time. Like, she's literally tearing off tags and putting it in her pack. Like, (laughs) brand new items. Oh, man. Crazy. And throughout the movie, we see flashbacks going back to what's brought her here to this journey. So one of the flashbacks that we see that seems to be very pivotal for her is her childhood. Laura Dern plays her mom in these flashbacks, and her mom seems to be a source of inspiration for her in what's brought her here to this point. And we also learn through flashbacks that they didn't seem to have the easiest life growing up. So back to present, she starts her hike and immediately is out of breath. (laughs) She's like, clearly, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Also, she has her hair down, which seems like a really poor choice. Like you're setting out on this incredible, physically grueling journey and you have your hair down? Like what? (laughs) She also struggles to put up her tent the first night. So she's just not practiced at all. I think like that first day she went like five or six miles. And so obviously had to look up what pace you should do this at. And Google says on the PCT, you should aim for 25 to 30 miles a day, which is insane. Literally a marathon a day carrying like a 40 pound pack. That's nuts. I cannot fathom that. No. Okay. So you live in Denver. You've become very outdoorsy. Give me some of your hiking experience slash camping experience. <laughs> like how, um, if you're going to go hiking and camping with your family and stuff, like what's normal, like a leisurely trip for you guys? I don't know. Probably a few miles. When Scott and I moved here, one of the first hikes we did was like an eight or nine mile hike. And we only had our oldest dog then, Miles. And Miles, um, Miles kind of taps out after a few miles. So we have a backpack <laughs> for him. So we're like doing this hike. If you're in Colorado, it was Walker Ranch Loop. And Miles has to be carried for the majority of that. And even that, I was like, I did not bring enough snacks for this. Like, we were pooped by the end of it. So otherwise, I feel like, you know, a three-mile hike is, like, enjoyable without being too strenuous. Yeah. And when we go camping, we car camp, which just means that, like, we're able to drive our car pretty much directly to the location that we're going to be sleeping at. And we still have our tents and everything that we we don't sleep in our car. But I'm like, I'm not looking to backpack in. I want my Arctic cooler. Like, I love the outdoors, but I'm not looking to, like, you know, go too crazy. Right. You want the car there if you need to make a quick getaway. Exactly. (laughs) I do remember, though, because having her hair down here also makes me think, I did go backpacking in high school and had my hair, like, it was probably like a four or five day overnight backpacking trip and had my hair in, like, two French braids pretty much the whole time. My scalp got so sunburned. (gasps) And it was here in Colorado. Got so sunburned. I'm not even going to describe what happened, but it was disgusting. And now anytime my scalp burns, that happens. (sighs) 
So here with her hair down and her part exposed, I'm like, oh no, oh no. Because oh, I'm like so conscious of that now. Yes, yes wear a hat. Oh, ow. Ugh. I really want to go like camping with you guys at some point when we come out there. I think it'd be yes. so fun. I've never been oh. truly camping. Yes, let's do it. Yes. We'd love to take you. Yes, that sounds so fun. So it's her first night. She's terrified of the unfamiliar nature noises, which I'm like completely understand because sometimes in my locked apartment, if I'm home alone and I hear a noise, I'm terrified, like oh, let yeah. alone being out in the wilderness. Uh-huh. Especially alone. <sighs> Even us camping sometimes, I'm like with Scott and two dogs. I'm like, what, is what that? was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would be too. Totally. <laughs> And she realizes the next morning that she didn't bring the right fuel for her, like, portable stove. So she's just eating all of her food pretty much cold or raw, like, whatever she's brought with her. She's not able to cook it. And it's, like, dehydrated. So it's nasty. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So we see a montage. Five days pass. She's eating the same, like, cold mush. She's gone only 30 miles in five days, which is, like, not the pace that you talked about before. Mm -hmm. And she reaches this crossroad and decides to walk down the road instead of continuing on the trail because she can't keep surviving off of this cold, raw food. Mm -hmm. She finds a farmer, asks him to take her to get some warm food, and he's, like, just weird enough that you're not sure whether to be creeped out by him or not. And she clearly is feeling the same way. Like, her guard is up. Mm -hmm. And at one point, he even says, I have something I like to do after a hard day and takes, like, this long pause. And then he pulls out licorice and says that she can't tell his wife that he's eating so much candy. So this puts her a little bit more at ease. He turns out to be a super nice guy. He and his wife make her dinner, give her a place to shower, and help her get the right fuel before dropping her back off on the trail. So everything ends up okay. It must be interesting to, like, actually live along. Oh, yeah. The... Like, you probably see all sorts of characters come through oh, I'm sure. during the trail. So they, right. they're probably used to it. Yeah, that's true. So we see another flashback and learn that she and her husband got divorced after being together for seven years because she cheated on him. Their separation seems really bittersweet and wistful. And we see that she actually chose the last name Strayed as a new last name after the divorce. Mm-hmm. It seems like this new last name choice is maybe her punishing herself for cheating on him, like a permanent reminder of why they got divorced and why it was her fault. Right. She's clearly blaming herself for what happened between them. So back to present, we see her go through more of her hike. It's day 12, mile 80. She has some ups and downs. She makes her first hot dinner, but she also like passes a rattlesnake, finds a caterpillar in her sleeping bag. And she also meets a guy who advises her to skip the Sierra Nevada because of record snowfall. She finally makes it to a checkpoint, which along the trail, there's like checkpoints where people can send you care packages. And at this checkpoint, she realizes she's kind of become known along the trail. She writes in log books and it's unique that she's like a solo woman traveling. And also she has this giant pack. So everybody calls her giant pack monster. <laughs> and when she arrives at this checkpoint, a bunch of people clap, which is just really sweet. Like there's something yeah. about going through something like this together. She does have a care package there waiting for her with a letter from Paul, her ex-husband, saying that he's proud of her for making it 100 miles so far. While she's at this checkpoint, an experienced hiker advises her that her boots are too small and that's why her feet are killing her. So she calls REI and is shocked that they'll just send her new boots at the next stop. 
And this nice guy who's been helping her walks her through all of her gear and helps her prune her pack to make it lighter so that her trip is more manageable. Mm-hmm. We learned from another flashback that she's had ongoing drug issues and became pregnant at one point, unsure of who the father was, but told her friend that she was not going to have the baby. And she's super hard on herself, like clearly not happy with how her life has gone, what she's done. She talks about how she ruined her life and ruined her marriage. So it's just something she's like really struggled with over time. Yeah. Back to present, she goes to Reno to skip the Sierras, and a man stops her, and he writes for the Hobo Times. So weird. (laughs) And he wants to interview her. He's, like, fascinated by a female hobo. And she's like, I am not a hobo. But then she also is like, well, I don't have a home or a job right now because she's, like, (laughs) doing this hike. (laughs) Yeah. And he leaves her with a hobo care package, which is popcorn and beer. (laughs) like a nice moment of humor in the movie since it's overall pretty heavy yes yeah the rest of the movie is so tense yeah and she flashes back again to when her mother got sick they discovered tumors on her spine and her mom had this love of horseback riding and had to give it up in order to go through her treatment and she went downhill very fast like within a month cheryl and her brother went to see their mom one morning and when they got there they learned that she's passed away her mother's passing seems to be what turned cheryl towards drugs Her mother was a super positive person, wanting to make the most out of their life and find joy despite them having such a difficult life. But Cheryl Mm -hmm. seems to have a lot harder time with this. Like, going through the struggles of life, she can't understand how her mom could be so positive. Yeah, she's, like, frustrated by it. Right, exactly. So more time passes. She keeps flashing back to all the ways she's strayed or messed up in her life. But she keeps pushing forward in this hike. What are these shoes called? Tevas. Okay. Because at this point, she's lost her boots. She's trying to get to the checkpoint where her new boots will be. Yes. So she is literally doing this hike in her open-toed Teva sandals that she has duct taped to her feet. It's insane. And it kind of seems like she's making herself pay penance for everything she's done. Like, she's trying to find herself on this hike, but it does seem a little like she's trying to punish herself. Yeah. She's, like, not only saying, I have to do this, but, yeah, like, I deserve to do this and not in a good way. Right, right. Like, I deserve this pain. Right. So she finally makes it to her next stop where the new boots are, thankfully. And she's proud of herself for making it further than some of the other hikers that she's met along the way. Like, she's found out that some of them have stopped. They've quit. Mm -hmm. And at this point, she's gone 600 miles, which is insane. That is crazy. I'm like, it is a big thing to drive 600 miles. Right? I'm like, I don't know about that. (laughs) It's crazy. Oh, so through more flashbacks, we learn more about her struggle with her mother's death, her drug journey. She started off smoking heroin, like saying she would never shoot it up, but then, you know, she does end up shooting up as well. And we even see her husband walking in on her with another man and clear that they've just both been on drugs, like her and this other man that she's with. So just a very like hard, dark life. And Paul just looks so sad. Yes. Like she's just lost herself. She's searching, Mm -hmm. you know? So back to present, it's day 58. She's continuing on in the trail. It's over 100 degree heat at this point. And she comes to this water tank that she knew about. She has like a planned stop, but it's empty. Can you imagine? No. It's insane. She's desperate for water. You see her literally like trying to lick any condensation she can off of her tent because she's that desperate and dehydrated. So she keeps going and eventually comes up to this dirty puddle of water. And she has this filtration system, but even using it, the water is brown and gross, but she obviously, she has to drink it. She has no other choice. And like, you know, it's still giving her sustenance of some sort, but it's just like, oh, so nasty. So nasty. And this part is, I hate this part of the movie. Me too. Two men come up to her at this puddle. They seem to be hunters. They're like not part of the hiking trail. They're really creepy, like commenting on her figure 
asking her what she's doing. She's very wary of them. And so she brushes them off, basically saying that she needs to continue on. So she watches them go a different direction until she feels comfortable and sets up her tent because she's like, wants to have this water nearby. She can't go on any further. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, she sees one of them creepily staring at her like they've come back. He's super disgusting towards her, literally calling out for his friends to join him, like making it clear that she's a woman alone in the woods and terrifies her. So she quickly packs up all of her stuff and literally starts running away. What is wrong with people? Honestly. Seriously. Are you it is horrible. I hate everyone. I know. And it's so, so painful to watch. You're just like feel for her in this moment. So day 62, she makes it to Oregon. She hikes into a town where there's another planned checkpoint. So she gets a care package from her friend Amy, and then she meets this random guy on the street who invites her to a show. So she gets a hotel room, she showers, she goes to the show, and she ends up spending the night with this man. Can you imagine how good that shower and burger would feel? Okay, if you were on a hike like this, would a burger be like your go-to like sustenance if you get to a stop like this? Or what would be like your meal of choice? Definitely a burger. Oh, yeah. Even after a day of like snowboarding, I'm like, I just I want a burger. Burger, for sure. With yes. like ideally fries, but like Parmesan mm-hmm. garlic fries. Like load them up with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So good. And a Diet Coke. Oh, yes. Mm. I'm hungry now. <laughs> that sweet burn. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just thinking of that girl chugging this Sprite on TikTok now. (laughs) Okay, can we take a quick tangent? Guys, we're trying to figure out TikTok and how we can use TikTok with Girl Crush Podcast, so go find us there. But (laughs) we we are, you know, exploring the TikTok algorithm, (laughs) and we came across (laughs) this girl who just tries to chug a Sprite without burping the entire time, and she can't do it. And we're just like, what is TikTok? Like, what have we stumbled upon? How how do we fit in here? And Allie, of course, had to send me that video because I I have a burping problem. I'm actually drinking a Coke Zero right now, and I've leaned away a few times. <laughs> I, I but can't. I was like, this reminded me of you. <laughs> oh, true love. So ladylike. Yes. <laughs> So Cheryl has 300 miles left in this journey. She's desperate to be done, but she's also kind of scared of restarting her life after this. Like she knows this is a turning point for her. It seems like she is doing this as like a line in the sand for herself that she can mentally do hard things and that she can and will get her life back on track. Yes. There's like a clear before and after, I'm sure, in her life. Like before the hike and after the hike. Yep. Like this is a turning point for her. Yes. So she makes it to another stop right as it's closing. And there's a ranger here that's just being really creepy towards her. Like poor woman. Ugh. Thankfully, three other hikers come across her and they know her from the quotes that she's been putting in the logbooks. They recognize her. And they cut the tension between her and this stupid ranger. Like they can tell he's creepy. And she ends up camping with them for the night, thankfully. Mm-hmm. They nickname her the Queen of the PCT, which I think is cute. Love it. It's day 80. She comes across, of all things, a llama in the woods. <laughs> And this woman and her son come up and thank her for finding their llama. Her son is like a little kid. (laughs) Yeah. And the llama's name is Shooting Star. Precious and so Oregon. Yes. They bond over this really short conversation and the kid sings her a super cute song. Cheryl starts crying. (laughs) I start crying. We're all crying. (laughs) 
Cheryl breaks down after this, whispering to her mom that she misses her, like seeing this, mm-hmm. you know, mother and son. Ugh. Would you rather be hiking in the desert or hiking in the rain? Oh, oh, hmm. Wow, I don't know. Probably the rain. Yeah, I would go rain too. Yeah, I don't think I know how to survive in the desert. Like the rain, it just seems like maybe from the woods or something. Like I could do a lot more with the resources there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like being exceptionally hot. Yeah. Hiking in sand is the worst thing ever. And I am much more comfortable with the unknown animals of the forest than of the desert. Wow. And I feel like if you're properly dressed, hiking in the rain is not bad. It's only if you're like unprepared and wet. Like your skin is wet. That It's terrible. Right, right. The only thing that would concern me is like the one nice thing about the desert is you can, well, depending on where you are, most likely, I feel like you could see further. Whereas Mm, if you're in like the woods, I'd be like afraid of what's lurking behind trees. That's fair. But I mean, I'm picturing like the desert as if it's like the Sahara. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Which I know is not necessarily the actual desert. Oh, we will review a movie where (gasps) Reese hikes across the Kalahari. Yes. (laughs) She's so adventurous. Stay tuned for that. (laughs) Back to Cheryl in Wild. She comes to another crossroad where she could take a road into town. She's like making this decision here. She chooses to continue on the path. And we're nearing the end of the movie here. She's nearing the end of her hike. She reflects about how she doesn't regret all the choices she's made because all of it taught her something. And she voices over that it took her over four years to become what she calls the woman her mother raised. So she's coming to the end of the trail. She seems to have found this newfound strength, this new idea of who she is. And she gets to the last stop, which is the Bridge of the Gods. And she voices over sort of an epilogue to end the movie. She talks about what she's learned, that she married a man four years later near this bridge, and that they have two kids together. And that's how the movie ends. Mm. I have chills. Ah, it's so good. It's just like watching her go through this journey, knowing it's a true story is so, so cool. Yeah, It's based off of someone named Cheryl Strayed who wrote this story in her memoir, actually. Yes. And I think we have several fun facts about the real Cheryl Strayed here to yes. get into, but this movie, obviously very well received, 88% critic score, 75% audience score on Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. It's like just... It's very beautifully shot to really embrace nature. And obviously her hike versus her flashback scenes contrast greatly because of that. Okay, so fun fact, Cheryl Strayed actually personally shipped Reese an advanced copy of her book, believing that if there was an actress who could portray her, it was Reese and no one else. And Reese actually saw potential in that. She acquired the rights, saw it as a perfect launch pad for her production label, which started as Pacific Standard and now morphed into what we know as Hello Sunshine. So this is really cool. It's like, not only does this movie seem like such a turning point for the real Cheryl Strayed, like what turned her life around, but also it was a super impactful part of Reese's career, like being the first movie that she did under her own production label. Yes, that's amazing that this served as a fresh start for Cheryl and also kind of became a fresh start in a bit of a way for Reese as well. Yeah. The director of this movie was Jean-Marc Vallée, who actually passed away recently in the past few months, I think, of a heart attack. There was like a lot of tributes to him and Reese had been one. I think he also actually directed Big Little Lies. Oh, wow. So Reese had a pretty close relationship with him. Wow, that's crazy. 
couple other fun facts. Reese is reading Gone Girl in one of the scenes. And the book itself obviously did not come out for another 17 years, but this is like a little Easter egg because Reese was producing Gone Girl at the time. Yeah, I love that. And otherwise, they were very true to the time period and to Cheryl Stray's actual events. Like they used the exact same clothes and backpack that Cheryl had actually used. Yes, they showed pictures at the end. Yeah, so cool. Also something cool, so Cheryl Strayed had the cameo that we talked about in the movie, but also her real-life daughter plays young Cheryl in the movie, like in the flashbacks, which is so cool. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of the flashbacks, I really like how the flashbacks are done. They're like out of order, but because the storyline of the flashbacks is pretty clear, it's not confusing. And I think the jumping around helps us learn her story and learn more about her and like really culminates to why she's doing this. Yes. Like you slowly unpack more about her throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. I really loved how it's done. I think this movie is... It's so different. It's very unique. It's very much like a one-woman show. There's obviously other people in it, but it really relies on the main character. And I just, like, love seeing her journey throughout and her growth, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing I did not like about this was that her hair's never greasy, and I don't think that's realistic. (laughs) So true. Yeah, it's, it's like, like messy. Yeah, it's, like, messy, but not actually greasy. Yeah. Like, it should be real gross. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely think you have to be in the mood to watch a movie like this. Like, it's not just there for your entertainment like some movies are. Like, it's there to tell a story. Mm -hmm. It's illustrating something. So definitely have to be in the mood for a movie like this, I think. And especially because also it's not your typical feel-good movie. I do think at the end you you feel good because you feel like she accomplished something and you got to experience that with her. But it's not typical in how a lot of movies are told, you know? Yeah, it's very raw. Yes. Oh, that's a good word. it does make you uncomfortable I think at times but you're kind of sitting in her discomfort with her yes and I like that they ultimately really show it's it's kind of like her redemption arc right the whole movie is yes but yes she's not trying to redeem herself for anyone else but herself right so it's like very internal struggle focused yes and I just love that. And I think it's really cool to see her interact with other people throughout. Like, I feel like the uncertainty that you feel with all of the different characters she comes across, like guys that are creeps or she's not sure if they're going to be creepy or whatever the case might be. Like, I feel like that is probably exactly what she experienced. And the way they portray that, you feel that as you're watching it. You're uncertain with her. You're wary with her. Mm-hmm. And I think they just did a really, really good job of showing that. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, there's really no downsides, I don't think, to this movie. We gave it a 9.5. That's so strong. So going into her character of Cheryl Strayed, we gave her a 9 out of 10. It's always hard when it's based on a real person because you're like, you don't want to be judging the person, but you're judging the way that that person's story is then reflected through the character. Yes, yes. You know, it's very clearly early on that she's doing this for some sort of like spiritual or alternatively motivated reason. Like we know from the get-go that something from her past is pushing her to do this before we even see a flashback. Yes, like it's clear she's trying to overcome something. And it kind of feels like because she's so unprepared that, and we kind of see where she does ultimately pick up a PCT guidebook for the first time. But it seems like she just kind of made this spur-of-the-moment rash decision to do this, and then she just kind of has to figure it out along the way. Right, right. Like, she realizes, uh-oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't have the right stuff. I have too much stuff. I, You know, she's going through all these things, but she pushes through anyway. Her will to continue is so admirable. Yeah. She's like, I've made a, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> right. 
Also, you just learn so much about her character's arc in this, like not mm-hmm. only on this hike that she's doing, but also through her flashbacks. Like you see her as a kid and you get this sense that who she turned into when she went through all of these struggles in life and she was on drugs and it's obvious that she wasn't always the person that she wanted to be. And clearly she's like in this black hole of grief for her mother, like then her marriage dissolving and stuff like that, that she just couldn't get out of. But you also see that she has such a strong conviction to get out of that. And this is like her, like we've talked about before, it's like her launch pad of redefining herself yeah, or getting back to maybe getting back to or recreating the person that she wants to be. Yeah. And I would think it would be so easy to quit first of all, but also to latch on to another hiker or group and mm. just kind of like distract herself mentally from the original goal of doing this alone and Mm. forcing herself to face her own thoughts without distraction. Yes. So the fact that she would meet up with a person for a night or whatever, but then continued to press on and do this alone, I think that takes so much courage, first of all, especially, I don't know about you, but if I'd had not one, but two kind of creepy encounters with guys, I'd be like... I'm I'm done or I'm gonna, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I don't feel safe or I'm going to whatever. So the fact that she's like, nope, I've dealt with worse than this. I will persevere. And I, I just think that's amazing. Oh, yeah. And there's so many instances where you can tell she feels weak, both physically, literally, like on her journey, but also through her flashbacks and emotionally and all of that kind of stuff. But she's choosing to be strong. Like she's not giving into that weakness because she knows she needs to push through. And Mm -hmm. she's like putting herself in this tough situation because she knows that she's going to learn and grow from it, which I think, again, is so admirable. Yeah. And we also get some little moments of voiceovers from her as she writes in the logbooks. And usually it's a quote from a classic novel or something like that. But those little quotes, I think, also bring up other reflection points Mm -hmm. about like you said, how she wasn't the person she wanted to be in the past, but she wasn't always not a person she didn't want to be yes. in the past. Yes. And she's just kind of starting to tug on that thread and like realize it or understand it and how to find herself again. I just, I love this character. Yes. So good. So moving on to Reese's acting, we gave another really strong score here, 9.25 out of 10. Mm. It's really awesome to see Reese in a role like this. And I think especially before we'd watched all of her movies, this seemed like so out of her comfort zone. Now that we've seen more of them, it's a little less surprising to me, like if I had known about her full career. But I think for the average person, this role is something they would never imagine her in. Yeah. And I think she does such a good job. Like we said, this movie relies on her a lot to carry the movie. It's really a one-woman show. And I think she's so engaging throughout all of it. Like she draws you in a lot and her flaws are on full display, but you still find yourself rooting for her. And I think that's because how Reese plays it. I agree. Like because she's by herself through this, so much of the movie is very introspective in nature. It's Mm -hmm. quiet. It's in nature. We're watching her face and her struggles silently a lot. And she just conveys so much. Like that opening scene, her sitting on top of the mountain, ripping a toenail off, (gasps) chucking your boot down the hill. And then, you know, we later see she duct taped her sandals on and kept going. Like that she's just so, I don't know. She's just amazing in this movie. Yeah, so good. There's also a lot of really great tearful acting, multiple parts of the movie, flashbacks especially, but also like throughout her hike, you see a, a really wide range of emotion. Mm-hmm. A couple of interesting things too that to help her get in the zone for this movie 
the director would not let Reese read the instruction manual for the tent or the stove so that the frustration was genuine and would really come through when filming. And also another fun thing, he covered all the mirrors on set so she couldn't see herself because she literally did not have any makeup on, like even any TV makeup or stage makeup. She was, you know, totally clean faced. Yeah. Which I feel like even for a lot of movies, even if they want the actor to look natural, like they put some sort of makeup on them so they still show up on camera. But she apparently was completely natural. Yeah, that's crazy. They shot a lot of this on location in Oregon and California. And Reese said that this movie was by far the hardest movie she's ever made. She obviously didn't hike the full PCT, but she said it was a different kind of physical rigor. She'd run up a hill with a 45-pound backpack on, and they'd say, well, that doesn't look heavy enough. Put the 65-pound backpack on and run up the hill nine or ten times. And she said they didn't stop shooting in those remote locations. They wouldn't break for lunch. They'd just eat snacks. There was no bathroom breaks. She said it was really crazy. Ooh, they're really, like, getting into it. But it was, like, such complete immersion that the crew felt really close, and, you know, it was just, like, an amazing experience. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I love it. I think she conveys the frustration so well. And the physicality that she gives is like so impressive for this. Yes. She actually said she was really excited to take on a role like this that had nudity, sex, drug usage, like something out of her comfort zone. And she said she wanted to push herself and also wanted to reflect that every woman has many facets to her life. So she was excited to portray that. And she was also really excited that the audience seemed receptive to her being in, you know, such a different Mm -hmm. role. And she noted that her audience has for sure grown with her and they've suffered through many life experiences and triumphs. So she thinks it only makes sense that the woman that they watch on screen should evolve as well. I love that. Which I think is a really cool way to just use your artistry to, you know, reflect people's journeys. That's so cool. Yeah. Cheryl Strayed was very involved in the production of this movie. I think she was actually, Mm -hmm. she obviously wrote the original book, but I think she was also maybe credited with the screenplay as well as a writer and was on location, at least in Oregon, when they were filming. And Reese just said, you know, even though she was excited to step out of her comfort zone with the nudity and sex scene, she still struggled with it. Didn't want to do them at the end of the day and actually called Cheryl to complain about it. And Strayed was like, sorry, I was such a slut in the 90s, but you're going to have to do it. (laughs) And Reese just said, Cheryl's approach to not caring so much what people think about her was so liberating. Oh, it's so cool. Which is interesting. And that's probably hard, I think, especially for Reese Witherspoon, who has such a polished public image, Mm. where you can be like excited to do something edgy, but when it actually comes down to it, you're like, uh, I don't don't know, do I want to do this? So kind of interesting that this was maybe also kind of a a bit of a, I don't know, release or or spiritual journey for her as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, it seems like a huge stretch, but I I thought she did so well. I also love that each of our girl crushes have a movie where they are predominantly alone and have to really pull (gasps) on their own acting strength to carry the movie. Jennifer Aniston has Cake. There's probably a few more people in that movie, but she's really pulling that one. Sandra Bullock, obviously with Gravity. Yes. (laughs) Alone the whole time. And Reese having this movie, it's just really fun to see them in these kinds oh, that's of roles. So cool. Yes. And all of those movies, I feel like for each of our girl crushes, seem to be a pivotal point of their career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's a stretch for them. They're doing something so out of the ordinary. It's so cool. Yeah. Love it. And Reese was actually nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe for her performance in this movie, but both wins went to Julianne Moore for Still Alice, which I haven't seen. Yeah. I still haven't seen Still Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I always think I, oh, I should go watch that, but still haven't seen it. Yeah. 
So for Reese's bonus category this season, we're doing whiskey teacups, aka sass. We had to give her a zero out of two. She's not sassy in this movie. She is just so strong. Yeah, yeah. For Would You Watch Again, we rate this either a one or a five, depending on whether we'd watch it again or not. We both said we would watch this movie again, so we gave this a five out of five. Absolutely. Everyone should watch this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to review for the movie Wild, we gave the plot a 9.5 out of 10, the character of Cheryl Strayed a 9 out of 10, Reese's acting a 9.25 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score of 0 out of 2, and a Would You Watch Again score of 5 out of 5 for a total score of 32.75 out of 37 points, which means that Wild is ranked number 3 out of 41 Reese Witherspoon movies. Ah, that's the highest one we've released so far this season. It is. I'm so I, good. I love our top 10. I'm so excited to reveal them all. So, so good. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or on TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about <laughs> <laughs> Little Nicky. <laughs> oh, God bless us all. <laughs> Bye. Bye.